the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. Come with us now as we travel once again down the road of Victory Lane in the highway of life, serving and building up the kingdom of God by the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. We're continuing our study in the day in the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, and we're speaking on this man named Saul, who was a persecutor of the followers of the way of Jesus Christ. This was before they were before they were called Christians. And he has went and asked for letters that he could go to Damascus and find any who are worshiping this man named Jesus Christ, that he want to bound them and bring them back to prison. And he is a persecutor of those who are following Jesus Christ. He was an eyewitness to the stoning of Stephen and condoned it as the young men laid their coats at his feet. He was the overseer of it. And he is now on his way or has been on his way to the road to Damascus, but he was blinded by a light from heaven and he lost his sight and he could not see for three days. And God told him that he was going to send a man to him to pray for him and lay his hands on him so that he may receive his sight. Jesus Christ is telling him all of this for the purpose of what? That he must suffer some things so that he can be a witness for Jesus Christ to uplift his name to the Jews, to the Gentiles, and the kings of the earth. Now we're going to continue. He has been converted. And let's continue our reading with Acts the ninth chapter. We're going to be looking at the 18th verse. Let's start there. This is after Ananias has laid his hands on Saul and he received the sight. And, and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. Now, check this out. Check this out. This man becomes probably, in my opinion, in my thought, the third greatest preacher in the Bible. Um, he become the most significant follower who proclaims Jesus Christ. He becomes so significant, so important, so, I mean, the, 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 the adjectives I want to use, I, I, need to, I need to get on my, my Wikipedia, so profound. 
so profound that he changes, turns the world upside down along with the disciples, changes mankind's thoughts about a man named Jesus who is the son of God. Let's look what happens. We're looking at Acts 9:19. Then he rose and he was baptized, and taking food he was strengthened. For some days, for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. Number 20, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. Here is this man who has letters in his hands to go to Damascus and go to the synagogues and persecute those who are the followers of the way. And after his traumatic, dramatic experience on the road to Damascus, seeing the light, losing his sight, becomes converted, has a change of heart, a change of character, a change of mind, a change of attitude, a change of disposition, a change totally against of what he was doing. He has changed now. And this is what he says. He was with the disciples some days. He was with the disciples at Damascus now. And what was he doing? He immediately started proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues saying what? He is the son of God. He's preaching Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. How do I know he's the son of God? I was on the road to Damascus. And as I was walking along the road of Damascus, and as I was riding on my beast, uh, a bright light came out of heaven and knocked me down to my feet. And I, I cried out, who? And I heard a voice say, why are you persecuting me? And I answered the voice and said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, the Christ, whom thou persecuted me. And he said, and then he took away my sight for three days, and uh, I couldn't see, and I didn't eat, and I, did, and, and I didn't drink, and Ananias came and laid his hands on me, and scales fell from my eyes, and I was blind, but now I see. And I know that Jesus is the Christ. And I'm here to tell you, everything, that the disciples have said is true. Everything that they have said about Jesus is true. And I'm here to tell you, he is the Christ, that he rose from the dead, and all power in heaven and earth is in his hands. He is the Christ. He made the blind to see and the lame to walk. He is the Christ. He made the dumb to talk and the deaf to hear. He is the Christ. That's what he's preaching now. in the synagogue and check this out Acts 9 chapter verse 21 and all who heard him were amazed and said is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who call upon this name and has he not come here for the purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests remember when God change you. Is not this the woman who was sitting at the club 
drinking Hennessy shots and smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and throwing back. Is not this the man who was at the club drinking alcohol, smoking weed and throwing back? Is not this the one, the same ones who were fornicating, chasing women, chasing men, chasing each other, chasing the same sex? Is not this the one that used to be a liar and a thief? Is not this the same one that used to be a drug dealer? Is not this the same one that used to be a stripper on the pole? Is not this the same person that used to be a prostitute? Is not this the same person? Yes, it is, but he changed me. And since he changed me, nothing has been the same. Same thing. Since he changed me, since I let Jesus in my life, nothing has been the same. Nothing has been the same. He changed my heart. He changed my mind. Now I got a new attitude. I got a new way of walking. I got a new way of talking. Since he changed me, nothing has been the same. This is what's happening to Saul. And now he's telling everybody, who changed you? Jesus. Who? Jesus. Who? Jesus. Can't nobody change you like Jesus. I mean, Jesus can take a hardcore penitentiary person, a murderer and a thief, a liar and a rapist, and change them in a heartbeat. Nobody has that power but Jesus. And here he is with Saul. Let's continue. Is not this the same one who made havoc in Jerusalem? Verse 21. And those who called upon his name, and has he not come here for this purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul, verse 22, increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. In other words, the same Jewish people who are denying that he is the Christ He's proving that he is. He's proving the same thing that Peter, James, John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, and the rest were speaking. Now, God has changed him, and he's saying the same thing, and he's proving it, that Jesus is the Christ. Guess what? Go to the tomb. He ain't there. He rose. And guess what? He even talked to me. Confounding the Jews. They're confounding them, and they don't like it. So something happens. Verse 22, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Ain't that something? They plotting to kill him. Anybody ever plot to kill you or do you harm? Huh? And God rescued you, took you away from all hurt, harm, and danger, kept you out of the environment of the lion's den. You was about to get ate up, devoured by lions, living in sin. But what happened? He stopped by <laughs> and rescued me. And that's what happened to Saul. The, the disciples, who are now his friends, took him by night. Let him down through an opening in the wall, 
lowering him in a basket so that he wouldn't be killed. He's on a mission. He's on a mission. And the mission is about to get a little bit better, steeper, harder, trying. When you're on a mission from God, it's not easy all the time. It's trying. It's hard. Some people, your own people, will turn against you, will not like you. Some people will disapprove of you. Okay? Understand that. But you're on a mission from God. You have a higher calling. You cannot let nothing get in your way. Oh, they may throw an obstacle down. They may throw some stumbling blocks. But you got to press on. Cross over. Kick it out the way. And keep moving. Keep serving Jesus. Keep serving him. And they took him in the basket. Now, verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. Remember when you first got saved? <laughs> I remember. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Crack at it. Tore from the floor up. A line of thieves had been converted. They didn't believe it. No, uh-uh. I remember you. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't believe it. And they don't believe it. And they don't believe it happened to you either, Remember? And when it happens to you, if you have not given your life, they're not going to believe it then. You know why? Because they don't believe it. You know why? Because of your past. They, they can't look to your future because of your past. And they're going to hold it over your head until, until, until they see the power of the Holy Ghost working in you and that you are for real in serving Jesus Christ. Don't worry about the pats on the back. Don't worry about them talking about you. Don't worry about them stabbing you in your back. Don't worry about them saying you ain't for real. You keep being for real. You keep serving God. And you know what? One day, you know what? Ring, ring, ring. Yes, how are you doing? I'm just wondering. Can you help me out? What, what you need? Will you pray for me? Will you talk to me? You stay strong. You stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. They don't believe. They didn't believe Saul. They didn't believe he got converted. And they ain't going to believe you got converted. But you stay with it. Be a living example. When you go around them, this is the, this is the, this is the most effective effective part of your ministry that you can be in your ministry as a servant of God is to be a, a servant of God around those who are non-believers and who don't believe you are whom you say you are. When you walk in the house, make sure you walk circumspectly, different. You don't do what they do. You don't talk like they talk. You don't act like they act. As a matter of fact, it's been real. See ya. Love you. Take it easy. You know, stick around for all that. All that. All that. All that. You're a new creature in Christ. Check this out. And so, let's look at it. 
They did not believe that he was a disciple. Verse 26. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke with him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. We got a witness. We got a witness. Guess what? He ain't the same. She ain't the same. I've been around her. I've been around her. I've been around her. He's not the same. He's preaching about Jesus. This is what they're saying about Saul. He, he preached boldly. Rather than taking the letters to the synagogues and hauling out followers of the way and taking them to jail, he started preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. He started preaching by the blood of Jesus, you are saved. He started preaching that he died for our sins on Calvary. He started preaching that he rose from the grave. He started preaching that he sits at the right hand of the Father. He started preaching that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He started preaching that he is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord and he is the Son of God. Verse 28. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem. Still what? Preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Still preaching boldly. You got to be bold in this walk with you. Man, let me tell you something. Don't you be a, a, a sit on my buck Christian and don't speak up for God, Jesus Christ. Let the world know that you are a servant of God. Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. What he can do, what he has done. Boldly. I don't care if they don't want to hear. Speak anyway. Preach boldly in the name of Jesus. Number 29. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists. That, that's the Jews of, 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 of the Greek descent, Greek culture. And he was speaking, but they were seeking to kill him too. They didn't want to hear it. People don't want to hear you sometimes. And they seek to kill you. If not, kill you in your spirit. I mean, I remember when. You ain't like that. They want to kill your spirit. Don't let nobody do that. But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, the other brothers, the other disciples, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Brothers and sisters around you, saints of God, will encourage you. That's why you don't forsake yourself from the assembling of, of the saints of God. You got to go around the saints of God. The people of the world ain't going to do you no good. They want you to stay in the world and be like them. They don't want you to be around the saints of God. Go around the saints of God. They're going to they're gonna protect you. They're going to love you. Okay? You might have been out of church for a long time. And then Satan got, got the wool pulled over your eyes because you, you're going to feel like guilt going back to church. Don't feel like guilt. That's a trick of the devil. Go on up in there and say, hey, y'all, here I am. And they're going to say, hey, welcome back. We love you. Go on up in there. Don't go by the trick of the devil. So they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Now check this out. Verse 31. You, got, you, got to really, you really got to grab this. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. No longer do they have this man named Saul and his bunch of people, bunch of, 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 of folks 
because he was he was he was a master ring leader. No longer do they have that master ring leader named Saul who wants to persecute the church and the people with him. The same Saul got converted and is preaching boldly in the in the in the house of the Lord. And the church of all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up. They didn't have to run no more. They still were scattered because you still had people who wanted to kill them. But they didn't have to run like they used to. They had a little peace. And they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and it multiplied. Walking in reverence to God and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's, Jesus said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And he will comfort you. That's what he does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comforts you in a time of need. Just call on him. And guess what happened? They had the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They had reference for God. And guess what? It multiplied. It grew. It grew. It grew. The church is an organism that's always growing. Always growing, always growing until the coming of Christ. Let's go to verse 32. We're going 32 through 35. It's a, it's a new subject matter. It leaves Saul and it goes to the other disciple, Peter. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon. And they turned to God from Lydda and Sharon. They turned to God seeing the miracle that Peter has just done to the man who could not write, who could not walk, who was bedridden, paralyzed for eight years. And, and Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are healed. And he rose up and walked. Now this is the power of God. See, the church is just now started. And now they see the power of God with the disciples, that they are healing folks. And God is manifesting his power to show that he is God and that he has the power to heal the sick. Not only that, but to raise the dead. And he's using the disciples to do so for the purpose of building up the kingdom of God and for the purpose of showing that he is God all by himself. How, how do you know he's God all by himself? Guess what? I talked to him. And you know what? Let me tell you about my God and the other gods. My God talks back. Huh. How about that? Have you heard from Buddha? You heard from Muhammad? You heard from Harry Krishna? No. My God talks back. My God is the only true and living God. There's only one God, one Lord, one Savior, Jesus the Christ. Now, you can worship whoever you want to worship. You can believe whatever you want to believe. My, my Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You may not confess now, but you will confess one day. You will confess and know that he is God all by himself. 
How do I know? Guess what? He's the only one that rose from the dead. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else written about anybody else who rose from the dead? Tell me that. Did Muhammad rise from the dead? They say he did, but he's still dead. Did Buddha rise? No, he's dead. Harry Christian? No, he's dead. Confucius? No, he's dead. But Jesus Christ is alive and well. And immediately, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ healed you. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Alida and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. They seen the miracle of God, and they seen the power of God, and they turned to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. She's a good woman. She's good, full of good works and acts of love. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to, to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. They heard Peter was there. Dorcas has passed away. Tabitha is dead. Same, same, one in, one in the same. So Peter rose and went with them. Verse 39. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. They're weeping. Look, Peter, man, she did beautiful work. She was lovely. You know, she was a beautiful person, full of love, full of charity. But Peter, verse 40, put them all outside, knelt down and prayed, and turned into the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Huh? And she rose from the dead. Peter said, arise. And she got up and she walked. Tabitha arise and she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Hey, y'all. Come here, here she is. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon of Tanner. We're going to continue our teaching next week with Acts, the book of Acts in chapter 10. Please join us. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the book of Acts. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teaching on the book of Acts at gospel1190.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.